Good morning. It's good to be here. And it's good to come to church and share with you the word of God. I hope all is well and we pray that this this pandemic will end soon and we'll be able at a certain time to come to church. I want to read uh, some verses tonight from Mark chapter 5. Mark chapter 5, verse 1. And they came to the other side of the sea, into the country of the Gerardin. Uh, this, you, you can say Gerasene and etc. Well, I'm going to read about 20 verses. But before that, they came to the other side, that is Christ, Jesus, and the disciples. They spent a very, a very um, tough night in the boat crossing in the, the lake to come to the other side of the lake. And when he, he, Jesus, had come out of the, of the boat, immediately a man met him. That man had an unclean spirit from the tombs. And he had his dwelling among the tombs, and no one was able to bind him anymore, even with a chain because he had often been bound with the shackles and chains, and the chains had been torn apart by him, and the shackles broken in pieces, and no one was strong enough to subdue him. And constantly, night and day, among the tombs and in the mountains, he was crying out and gashing himself with stones. And seeing Jesus from a distance, he ran up and bowed down before him. And crying out with a loud voice, he said, What do I have to do with you, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I implore you, by God, do not torment me. Wow. What do I have to do with you, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I implore you, by God, do not torment me. Those evil spirits, legions of them, knew Jesus from afar. And that's what they did. For he had been saying to him, come out, come out of the man, you unclean spirit. And he was asking him, what is your name? And he said to him, my name is Legion, for we are many. And he began to entreat him earnestly not to send them out of the country. And now there, there was a big herd of swine, pigs, 
feeding there on the mountainside. And they entreated him, saying, Send us into the swine so that we may enter them. And he gave them permission, and coming out, the unclean spirits entered the swine, and the herd rushed down the steep bank into the sea, about two thousands of them, and they were drowned in the sea. And those who tended them ran away and reported it in the city and out in the country. And the people came to see what it was that had happened. Oh. And they came to Jesus. And, the, and, and observed the man who had been demon-possessed, sitting down, lost, and in his right mind. The very man who had had the legion, and they became frightened. And those who had seen it described to them how it had happened. So the demon-possessed man and all about the swine. And they began to entreat him to depart from their region. And as he was getting into the boat, the man who had been demon-possessed was entreating him mm, that he might accompany him. And he did not let him, but he said to him, Go home to your people and report to them what the great things the Lord has done for you and how he had mercy on you. And he went. He went off and began to proclaim in the Decapolis, what great things Jesus had done for him. And everyone marveled. Let's say a word of prayer. We are thankful, our Father, to be in your presence. And what a privilege to meditate on your word. And I pray, Lord, that you take this incident that happened for 2,000 years ago and speak to our hearts and help us to be in the spirit, all of us, and bless each and every person and those who do not know you yet and uh, speak to their hearts and help us that when we leave this place, we'll, we will give all the glory and praise to your name. In Jesus' name we ask and pray. Amen. And they came, it says in verse 1, to the other side of the sea into the country of the Gadarenes. This portion of the scriptures thrills with interest and excitement. By the coming of Jesus into the country of the Gadarenes, one man was made better and men, many felt worse. The difference was not in the Savior, no, but in the attitude of the sinners to him. Many critics have, have uh, had a problem with this uh, story of the demoniac. Many. One of them, by name of Huxley, said the Gadarene pig affair. He just... It just uh, mocked 
the gatherings bigger fair. Well, Mr. Huxley, I don't know who he was, passed away, but the story remains. This portion of the scripture was not written to tell us that so many pigs were lost. No, but to tell us that a precious soul was saved. I want to speak about three points I want to bring to your attention. I'll be as brief as possible. First of all, he came, the Lord, he came to do good. Secondly, he came to crush the power of evil. And the third point is a little bit different than the first two. And the third point is, what was the response of the people? What was the response? First, he came to do good. The very first thing we observe that when Jesus came to these people there, he came to do good. He's always, wherever he goes and visits a town or a place or a house, he comes to do good. Everywhere around the shores of Galilee, he was doing good. He blessed those citizens such as had never been before. He had healed the sick, cleansed the lepers, cured the cripples, and gave hearing to the deaf, and fed the hungry by the thousands. He raised people from the dead, set free the sin enslaved, along with other such works of gracious miracle. Whenever he was found, he did good. He made the wrongs right. He banished sadness and brought gladness. The Bible says, about our Lord in Acts chapter 38. He says, he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. He came to heal men's souls and cure the ugly sores of social life, to set free the slaves and to enlighten the hearts of many with his spirit. He came to give strength to the weak and life and hope to the weary. He came to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind. He came to set free those who are downtrodden, as the Bible says in Isaiah 61.1. He came to bind the brokenhearted, to bring good news to the afflicted, and to proclaim the favorable, favorable uh, year of the Lord. That's what the Lord has done when he was here on earth. But today, today, there is no change in our Savior. For Jesus Christ is unchangeable. He is the same, the Bible says, yesterday, today, and forever. He says in Malachi chapter 3 and verse 6, For I, for I, the Lord, do not change. He will not deny a plea or turns his deaf ear to a request from a needy soul. Amen. He's near 
near each and every one of us. And you know, he's more than that. He will address you and ask you a question. And listen to that. When that man who was blind was asking him, he says, Jesus, the son of David, Jesus, the son of David, he needed to have his eyes open. You know what Jesus answered him? What do you want me to do for you? Is there any, any better answer than this? All you have to answer is, give me eyesight, which he did, the man did. What do you want me to do for you? In other words, here I am at your disposal. Just open your mouth. Oh, yes. Whatever you need. I know, I tell you, because we have, we have the Lord who is specialized in all ailments. Whatever the problem with you, just let me know. He wants to hear it. He wants to hear it. The Bible clearly tells us, he who heals all your diseases, except no one, everything, Psalm 103.3. He's the only universal doctor, and the medicine he gives is the only cure, and guess what? And it has healing in every instance. Today, Jesus Christ is visiting Would you, if someone is hearing me today and he doesn't know this great Savior, the one who came to do good, would you come to him? Would you ask him to heal you from sin? Would you humble yourself before him and ask for mercy and forgiveness? Would you take this unique opportunity and open your heart to him? He desires to do good for you. Second point. He came to crush the power of evil. The second thing we observe, that when Jesus came to those Gadarenes, the inhabitants of that region, the first thing which he did was to crush the power of evil. The very first thing. When they saw him, he was, he was addressing them. He was addressing them. Come out of him. He knew them. He was confronted by a demon-possessed man. Oh. Tortured under the mercy of Satan and his demons. Immediately Christ set the devil's prisoner free. He set the devil's prisoner free. Someone said this was surely... The worst case of demon possession. Amen. Not only was a demoniac too strong to be bound by chains, he was indwelt by a whole legion of demons. According to the theologians and the historians, listen to this, a legion is made of 5,000 soldiers. This man had in him equivalent strength to 5,000 thousand soldiers. 
Jesus was the only one who could rout them and send them out. And he is the only one who can today rout the evil spirits which plague our human society. In Ephesians 2.2, 2, it says, The prince of the power of the air that is now working in the son of disobedience. He's available. He's there. You know, behind the drugs, alcohol, and human trafficking, as well as the trash that is thrown daily in our face, is the devil himself. And only the Lord Jesus can rout him. Note, the Lord Jesus actually does this whenever he is received. When he is invited into our churches, our homes, and our personal lives. And when he starts working, he does a great job because he came to do good. And we sincerely welcome him. And when he touches a life, this life is revived like this man, and we shall see. And he comes to strengthen that person, whoever he is or she is. And whenever he is there on the scene, he takes charge. He takes charge and he cleanses you and change you completely, and peace and blessings took place in that life, and which will take place in your life. As we look at this violent man, dangerous, and, and he is a terror to society. No one could tame him, the Bible says. We understand why no, no one came near him. He could not help himself, and people gave up on him. But one had mercy on him. When everyone gave up, there is one who came who the one who has the power to order the evil spirit to leave him. One word was spoken, and that was all. It's worth noting that Jesus did not begin by clothing him, please listen, he did not begin by clothing him, but by saving him. And like what society does. Society today addresses the outward appearance. Are you with me? By dressing the person to make him or her look good and by planning reforms and scheduling rehabs and etc. They offer counseling. Our society today, and they send those people who are tortured by sin and other things, they send them to institutions and provide specialized staff to help cure, cure them from their ailments. We have also established today in our society all kinds of support systems which are all good, believe me, which are all good, but never solve the core problem. Psychiatry, psychiatry, 
psychiatrist, help is at its best when it gives a band aid and an environmental change. Change the environment. This is a false relief, I tell you. And there are many of, of programs they have. Nothing works. Nothing worked with this man because our society is treating the symptoms and not the cause. All the knowledge in the world cannot change the heart of man. And there will come a time when the best surgeon or the tower. There is no hope. There is no hope. I read the story. I smiled and then I, it has a, it has a message and I, I want to tell you about it. Um, the program committee for a national barber's convention devised a graphic means of demonstrating the effectiveness or the, for, of their profession. They found a social derelict uh, on Skid Row with dirty, oh, look, his hair has not been washed since ages, his face was unshaven, and his clothes were ragged and filthy. His body reeked with odor of cheap liquor and filth. The barbers committee cleaned him. They gave him a bath. They shampooed his hair. They shaved him. And they cut the hair also. They even added spicy cologne. He was dressed in a new suit and was presented before the convention as a changed man. He certainly looked, looked the part. He looked so good from the outside. Within a week, the man was back on Skid Row. Back in the gutter. Back in the former pattern of, leave, of living. The barbers altered his appearance, but their services had not changed his inward nature. And the guy, the man, commented on that. And he said, Anyone who has the money to spend can put a man in a new suit, but only Christ can put a new man in the suit. Only Christ, because the change happens on the inside, not the outside. Friends, only Christ can change the hearts. And I hope you are listening and you do not know yet Jesus as the Savior. I have news for you. Social reforms is very well. And I appreciate it and support it. But the hope of this world is not to be looked for in changed circumstances, but in changed hearts. Someone said, the quickest way to get a man out of the slum is to get the slum out of the man. Would you listen to this today and ask God to change your life and to 
take charge of your life. You know how society treated Jesus. My last word. What was the response? You know, quickly, I'll tell you, I don't, I don't want to keep you in guessing. He was asked to leave. They told him, leave. He had come to crush the tyranny of Satan among the Gadarenes, yet they all urged him to leave their land, and the sooner the better. Not this town only, listen, but all the surrounding district. Luke chapter 8, verse 37, uh, clears it for us. And all the people of the country, of the Gadarenes, and the surrounding district asked him to depart from them. And guess what? He left. Jesus left. They did not want him in the region, period. They were awed at his supernatural power. And at the same time, they were angry for the loss of the animals. We did not hear one word of gratitude for the man who was tortured, and now they saw him sitting, clothed, and in his right mind. Sitting, closed, and in his right mind. They did not care about the man as much as they care about the herd of swine. They did not care about the salvation of this man. Instead, they showed their greed and lack of respect to the creator himself. Jesus must go. They decided, all of them, in unison, Jesus must go. Leave, leave the region, leave the country here. To them, the material loss mm, outweighed the spiritual gain. They preferred the swine to the Savior. When I was preparing this message, this year, I got so sad. Friends, what happened then is happening now. That's why Jesus is rejected today. If he comes, the swine, the unclean, must go, period. Human nature says, no, I must have the swine. Human selfishness, how ugly. How many today reject Jesus because he convicts them of their sin and ask him to depart? Let's get out of here. The same spirit that assaulted the early Christians is in our society today, raging against the truth. Just last Wednesday, when I was looking at this subject, I read the following article published by a well-known Christian broadcasting station. And this article says, I quote, the Bible, God's truth, has been under attack by secular academics and critics. In our world, there are forces that continue to try to erase the truth of the word of God. 
Christians are facing increasing hostility for biblical values. And Christians entering, listen to this, college campuses are mocked for holding Bible views. And social media, add to that, social media and technology giants are actively banning biblical traditional views from public conversation. And I read also about a church that had influential members that fought a revival meeting that's happening because they said, listen to this, it was disturbing and undignified. This is why Jesus left many churches because they have exchanged his glory for the world's acceptance. And we read in the Bible, this is nothing new, we read in the Bible about one church, the Laodicean church, that found Jesus outside. He wasn't in. He was outside. What was he doing? Knocking at the door saying, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and will dine with him and he with me. Friends, if you hear that knock at the door of your heart, I beg you to run and open that door and let him come in. Then and only then, you'll find peace like this man, peace of mind, joy, and true happiness. What, what about the man? Verse 18, what about the man? He was getting into the boat, Jesus, and the man ran to him who, had, who was demon-possessed and entreated him that he might accompany him. He wanted to stay with Jesus. He found the answer to all his problems in Jesus himself. But Jesus did not let him. He said to him, Go home to your people and report to them what great things the Lord has done for you and how he had mercy on you. He did go. He told his people, his family, but he did not stop there. And this is the challenge for our church. He did not stop with the family. Look at verse 20, how he says, And he went off and began proclaiming in Decapolis. Decapolis is a, about ten little towns together. He went to all that little town. He became an evangelist. This crazy, demon-possessed man, when the Lord touched him, he became an evangelist. And what was his message? He didn't need to go to any Bible school or anything. What was his message? What great things, he was telling him, what great things Jesus has done for him and everyone marveled. May the Lord use each and every one of us. I know with this 
plague, I call it plague, that's going around us. It's not easy to circulate. But I pray the Lord will give us one day the opportunity to carry on what Jesus has done and talk to everyone what Jesus has done for us and with us. Amen. May the Lord bless his word. Our Father, we thank you for the opportunity to be able to witness, to be able to share these thoughts with our church. And may this broadcast reach other people. We pray for those who are not saved yet, to save them, Lord, and change their lives. And then they'll find, find themselves saved, sitting and at your feet and carrying on with that great experience they had, knowing you as their own Savior. Bless the rest of the day. Be with each and every one, Lord. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.